Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about toxic people, toxic masculinity, uh, the alpha male, and knowing the difference between people being just themselves and being just the worst. First, we want to talk about what is this alpha male thing? Is that a real thing or what? What is that? And we'll talk about it. And then we're going to talk about what is acceptable behavior in our culture and what isn't. At the end of the day, I think a lot of people have just sort of become the worst to each other. And so where do we incentivize and help people learn to be more kind and to be more caring in a world that's so highly critical of one another. At the end of the day, I mean, life is hard and there is this tendency to not let people be themselves when they're going through strife, when they're going through mental health problems. So at the end of the day, we have to learn the distinction between identifying toxicity and learning to identify when people are just struggling and needing help or validation or encouragement. So that's what we have today, you guys. And thank you guys so very much for your uh, friendship and support. It means everything to us. If you guys care about us and care about what we're doing, we're trying to create an empath tribe. We're trying to uh, create better, more evolved outcomes in our society while maintaining our sense of humor and joy. Because at the end of the day, it's all about balance, you guys. We have to find that balance to find balance in our own life and balance in our culture and society today. So if you like the work we're doing, please support us if you can on Patreon. That's Patreon forward slash Chef Comedy and Linktree. We have tip jars there. Give us a cup of coffee for crying out loud. It ain't gonna hurt nothing. And if you could help us subscribe to our brand new Chef Comedy YouTube channel, it costs you nothing and it helps us out so, so much. Thank you guys for your friendship and support, and let's begin. Welcome back, dudes and dudettes, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Hello, I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today, as per usual, I have got my beautiful, wonderful co-host. Her name is Rebecca Russell. She's my wife. She's my best friend. She's the host with the most. Please say hello to the folks. Rebecca Russell. Hi. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why that gets me, but it gets me every know. time. <laughs> Anyways, hey guys, how you guys doing today? So welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Uh, yeah, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk uh, about a topic that I think is long overdue. Now, this show, as you know, is all about empathy and being kind, but you guys know I'm a comedian and I'm also a little bit of an irreverent pain in the ass, but... That leads me down this road of trying to, you know, ride that line between funny and silly and goofy, and uh, I am somewhat of a perfectionist. And so at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people don't understand that I'm trying to be serious, but also a comedian, and that is a hard thing to balance. And so the other day I got this text message, or not a text message, it was an Instagram message on Instagram, and it was from a spoof account, you know, but... Uh, It was this gal claiming to be this psychic medium who doesn't know me, never has she ever heard the show, never has she ever seen me ever in her life, she's never heard me, she doesn't know me, she only knows me insofar as she's seen my picture, but she's like, 
hey, and I think she was trying to sell me a psychic reading, you know, and she's like, hey, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you're a, you look like a toxic person. I'm like, oh, there's no judgment there. <laughs> Who's the toxic person? The the guy, you know, that committed his life to being a, 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 a good natured person that's trying to help the world or uh, the spammer who's coming on to my page unprovoked so it made me feel yeah. self-conscious because i was going through this kind of little bit of a mental health thing it's the middle of winter in oregon you know growth is hard uh, sometimes and uh, you know i was just I, I was fibroing that week i just had a huge fibro flare-up and so i i wasn't sleeping great and when you're in that state where you're you're tired and you feel so exhausted and then someone comes out the gate who you don't even know and calls you toxic i was offended i was like Fuck you, lady. Yeah, <laughs> and, and weird. Whether it's even a lady or not, who knows? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it just makes you feel like the world is uh, becoming like untethered to uh, what would be considered a kindness or social normatives of being a good person. You know what I mean? And oh, so, yeah. and so today's episode's a lot about. Um, uh, we want to talk about toxic masculinity. Toxic people, uh, this quote-unquote alpha males, there's a kind of a phenomenon going on out there about being a quote-unquote alpha or omega or beta male. Uh, and then we want to talk about the difference between people just being themselves and people who are just terrible people that are just being awful, that don't understand the line of decency or courtesy, right? And so at the end of the day, when somebody calls me toxic, especially someone who's a spammer, um, I let it get to me when usually I wouldn't. Normally, I would just be like, yeah, yeah, you crazy person, because these they're spammers yeah. that that target public figures, and they for whatever reason, whether it's jealousy or judging uh, you by your looks but not who you are, they're not judging you by the content of your character. They're judging you based on a picture, and I have a feeling that, you know, that studly picture I put up, the one where I is post-workout and I've got the beard and I got that serious look on my face. Well, yeah. chances are she saw that picture and thought, eh, toxic. What? Because I, I exude masculinity, you know? And so we wanted to really talk about this and tackle this in a way, uh, where we can really start to understand what is toxic. Who is toxic? Where do you cross the line to become toxic? And how can you, yourself sort of find out <clears throat> whether or not you're being a toxic person in your relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Well, because I think at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of people nowadays out there in society, working jobs, trying to balance their home life with their work life. A lot of people aren't getting paid enough. Uh, the world is just tough now, you guys. And uh, you notice that a lot of people are feeling nostalgic to the good old days, myself included. It's a Gouda show. Go kitty. Go kitty. All right. Hold <laughs> on, guys. You know it wouldn't be a show without Gouda getting in her two cents. Nope. Would not. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I'm, what I'm talking about is mental health. People nowadays, their mental health is, is skewed. It's, uh, it's, we're all trying to find validation. We're all trying to find peace. We're all trying to find peace harmony and love and joy and kindness in this world and so when you see the times we're in the political climate the socioeconomics 
And just, frankly, even just relationships between the races and relationships between religion versus atheism uh, and the relationships between uh, men and women, at the end of the day, there's so many people out there that just can't mind their P's and Q's. And so, at the end of the day, I wanted to go into an article to start this out about what is toxic and, you know, how do we define it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, this article is actually from WebMD, and it says, Signs of a toxic person. What is a toxic person? If you know someone who's difficult and causes a lot of conflict in your life, you may be dealing with a toxic person. These people can create lots of stress and unpleasantness for you and others, not to mention emotional or even physical pain. A toxic person is anyone whose behaviors adds negatively and upset to your, upset to your life. Many times, uh, people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. To do this, they act in ways that don't present them in the best light and usually upset others along the way. Toxicity in people isn't considered a mental disorder, but there could be underlying mental problems that cause someone to act in toxic ways, including a personality disorder. Here are some warning signs to watch out for if you think you're dealing with a toxic person. Uh, You feel like you're being manipulated into something you don't want to do. So, obviously, the Machiavellians, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, You're constantly confused by the person's behavior. You're like, what, what, why? <laughs> you know, uh, you feel like you deserve an apology that never comes. Yeah. Yeah. Sociopaths, mm-hmm. especially pe- sociopathic type people, they don't understand their, they don't understand their um, uh, uh, presence and their their contribution to the world. They, 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 they're always like, oh, poor me. Things are happening to me, but they don't understand how they manipulate people yeah. and and how they their effect on the net effect uh, on the world mm-hmm. you know you always have to defend yourself to this person you're constantly having to defend yourself yeah. uh you never feel fully comfortable around them so that creep factor that's telling you something mm-hmm. you yeah. know uh you continually feel bad about yourself in their presence if you've experienced these feelings around someone they may be toxic if you constantly have such emotions, you may want to uh, change the relationship or stop the relationship entirely. And then it just goes into the signs of a toxic person. Just like there are signs you're around the toxic person because of how the person makes you feel, there are signs seen in the person themselves that highlight their toxicity. Uh, the most common signs include this, inconsistency. Uh, Part of being human is having ups and downs, good times and bad. But a toxic person is uh, almost never consistent. Their behavior is erratic. They don't follow through on their commitments or promises. You never know what they're going to do next. Such inconsistency is very hard when you're trying to be there for someone. They can uh, be elated with you one minute and write you off the next. Mm -hmm. And I've had relationships like that. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, Number two, they always need your attention. Have you noticed that a person always needs something from you? Whether it's constant phone calls, texts, or showing up at your door, they always need emotional support, and they're probably not being supportive to you in return. They uh, talk... All that t- uh, they talk, all that you have without giving much back. They have a heightened level of self-interest, a need to showcase their own greatness to receive affirmation. This can be associated with narcissistic personality disorder. 
And that's also a trait of the dark triad. Yeah. So uh, sociopathy, uh, nar- uh, Machiavellianism, or narcissi- narcissism. narcissism yeah. Right. There is always drama. Ever notice how drama seems to follow some people? It's likely not a coincidence. Toxic people thrive in dramatic situations. They inflame emotions and create conflict. They love stirring the pot to see what happens. People are often toxic because they're not interested in being stable, being in stable and healthy in relationships. Um, They don't respect your boundaries. Another sign of a toxic person is no boundaries. If you've been clear with someone time and time again about your needs and they just can't help themselves but to disrespect you, they are toxic. Uh, Healthy relationships are based on trust and the ability to respect boundaries. Toxic people just can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They manipulate others for what they want. Do you uh, feel taken advantage of? Manipulated. Toxic people love to manipulate those around them to get what they want. This means uh, lying Uh, Bending the truth, exaggerating, or leaving out information so that you take a certain action or have a certain opinion of them. They'll do whatever it takes, even if it means hurting people. Mm -hmm. They abuse substances. Another toxic behavior is the abuse of substances like drugs and alcohol. These behaviors become toxic when the person is continually harming other people, not to mention themselves. Um, Then it goes into dealing with toxic people. Now that you know the signs of a toxic person, both in the way you feel and how they act, you still may not know what to do about it. Here's a few strategies to try. Uh, Number one, confront them. As soon as you notice uh, toxic behaviors, confront the person. Call them out on any lies or inconsistencies. Tell them you don't appreciate how they behave. This shows them that you're paying attention and you're giving them a chance to explain themselves or apologize. Yeah. Yeah. If, If they don't realize it. And right, it might, you know, if it's someone that's truly not toxic, that's just kind of lost in their own head, they might, it be, might kind of jar them out of what. Well, that's doing just it. And, not all people who are toxic are aware of it, and um, and and they may not be intentionally toxic. Maybe they're just feeling that way because of their own needs not being met or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, set stricter boundaries. If you must have a toxic person in your life, try to set stricter boundaries. For example, if someone is abusing substances and it causes them to harm you or others, let them know you won't see them unless they're sober. Make it clear you won't tolerate their overly dramatic behavior spreading rumors about people. Limit the time you spend with them until they can change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cut them out of your life. If the above strategies don't work and cause even more pain, abuse, or dishonesty, it's time to let the toxic person go. Sometimes there's nothing to do but stand up for yourself and move on. And that's the whole article. Um, and then it goes into the signs and symptoms of narcissism, which mm-hmm. is often closely Isn't related. It? Yeah, you know, definitely. Because the thing is, is like I am personally a perfectionist. And I deal with frustration because of situational depression and anxiety. And I've noticed that when I put my, uh, uh, when I, when my intentions are to help people, uh, oftentimes as a perfectionist, I realize I'm getting too harsh on people. Some people are just not going to meet your expectation. Mm -hmm. And you have to just be okay with that. You know, I I did that to uh, our great good friend Idris. You know, she can, she can, really fool you because she has uh, ms 
Um, she'll go on and on for months and be re- all there and uh, cogent and intelligent and, and just lovely in every way. And then when her MS symptoms start sparking, she you know can't hold the conversation as well or her responsibilities drop, etc. And it changes and modifies her. And then not knowing what's going on in the moment, I'm like, Idris, why can't you just do this simple thing? I'm telling you to, you know, because she lost her Facebook account and I'm trying to get her Facebook account for her, but she won't follow the steps to to, to get it back. She's like, well, I did it. I'm like, well, you, you got to keep up yeah. on it, my friend. Mm-hmm. You got to keep going, girl. <laughs> or she, when she ever she has a problem with technology because she's not technologically inclined i'll try to walk her through it but then if she's msing she doesn't even want to hear it yeah and it just kind of bogs her down and confuses her and so i've just had to come to the realization that uh, some people just aren't going to meet your understanding of what you want and it's not intentional exactly you know what i mean there's just good people out there who have certain limitations and we have to love them anyways so so just because someone isn't necessarily meeting your needs doesn't necessarily mean it's intentional or that it's toxic or that they're a bad person yeah well and bringing up that spam uh instagram message the other day i mean you know who talks like that I, I'm getting a sense that you're toxic. Well, then why would you talk to me if you think I'm a toxic person? Like, like I think they were trying to elicit an emotional reaction in me so that I would say, hey, what do you mean? And then they say, well, here, let me give you a psychic reading. I think it was a way of baiting me. Either that or just some asshole sitting in a basement pretending mm. to be a, a psychic woman and just... yeah farting around and messing with people like well that's it, a possibility it's also. a very it's hard, well could be say. well and at the end of the day a spammer calling another person toxic is about that takes the fucking cake i mean <laughs> you're the one <laughs> provoking me yeah. you're the one coming to me i never came to you so how could i possibly be toxic but it really got to me in that moment because i was fibroing and it's the middle of winter and i was just feeling very uh, self-conscious in that moment and like i said most of the time i'm like eh you know what it is you immediately identify mm-hmm. it and then you just block it but when you're already in a headspace that's mm-hmm. not completely healthy it right. just kind of compounds on everything it compounds on everything so. else it's making you feel self-conscious yeah. right right well and the thing is also is that um i know that i can be a pain in the ass sometimes i have very high standards um, but at the end of the day, I don't try to push my views on other people. I try to give people help because I literally actually care about people. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you're frustrated with people, you know, that's where kind of like the misanthrope comes in, where we all tend to kid on memes and stuff about how we hate people and we love our animals better. And that's just because people do suck sometimes. And so we make light of it. We joke about it. And for catharsis, we kind of uh, share these memes, just like I did the other day, where it showed a picture of Michael Myers with a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so anyways, yeah, I had to pull it up because I forgot what it said. But it said, um, when you can't stand people, but cats are cool. And it shows a picture of Michael Myers <laughs> holding a cat. Yeah. And the cat happens to look like our Gouda, So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> But at the end of the day, my point is is this, is that um, we all are trying to be good to each other. Kind-hearted people are trying. They're trying. But we all have mental health hang-ups. We all have frustrations with the world and the state that it's in, the political strife, the socioeconomic uh, despair. 
at the end of the day, um, people who are trying to help you, people who are trying to call out the world as it really is, that is not negative. There is a term called toxic positivity. And you want to kind of uh, to tell folks in your in your own words what you think that that is? Yeah. Well, I think that's just being super positive and super happy no matter what's happening, whether you're feeling that way, which sometimes it's okay to like try to make yourself in feel small happy. In ways, yes, of But course. when it's just constantly like, oh, everything's great. This is great. This well, is perfect. This is awesome. Then it just gets not, to a point where it's just yeah. so far away from reality that it's well, yeah, toxic. They're not, they're not in touch with their own feelings yeah. and they don't let others call the world out for its real problems. Yeah. And that can be problematic in the sense that we can't bury our head in the sand and solve the world's problems. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to identify negative things in the world in such a way that um, is is hopefully helpful, you know? And that's what we try to do is that, yeah, we talk about very serious subjects sometimes, but we do it in a way that uh, hopefully is fun and, and, and helps people understand that they're not, pe- they're not alone out there in their problems yeah. and they're not alone out there in the way they see the world. We're all getting sick of toxicity out there, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and the thing is, is that um, when you're dealing with your own set of mental health imperfections and you're feeling insecure and you're feeling frustrated, you may feel the need to want to talk about it for catharsis. And so when other people are calling you toxic for calling out things that are very real that most people identify as real, but then there's that handful of people who just don't want to deal with it. Who's the toxic person? The one, you know, do you kill the messenger? Do you shoot the messenger? Or do you um, call out the toxic positivity? Because at the end of the day, we all want positivity, but not at the risk of losing ourself and our our ability to think through life and figure out what out there is going on. And that's important, I think, to identify problems so that we can solve those problems you can't identify a problem if you just bury your head in the sand you don't want to be stuck in the negativity and be negative all the time so again like with everything balance well exactly because a person with depression may be what's called a debbie downer where everything they say is negative and harsh and Mm -hmm. you know and yeah it's easy to get into that mindset because there is a lot of terrible things out there sometimes but at the end of the day i mean when i bring up things about the world i'm trying to do it not to bum people out or to make people feel uh, negativity or anything like that what it is is to educate and to commiserate so that we connect in this common understanding of what's going on out in the world and why is it happening and what can we do about it and how can we yeah. feel better about it you know that's what it's all about yeah, definitely Just you know being real <clears throat> right right So with all that being said, there's a term out there called toxic masculinity and kind of let the folks know in your own words what that is in in your own language. Yeah, I would just say it's just it's this idea that men are above women, men are better than women. I don't even know what else to say yeah, except that. Yeah. I mean, it's and just everything that and that encompasses. Perhaps is. their energy is off. Perhaps yeah. their behavior is off. Mm-hmm. Perhaps their thinking about people is off. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be geared towards uh, women, but it no, often but is. it often is. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I do think that a lot of that toxic masculinity is a kind of a term uh, to, to because of a, a f- another phenomenon going on in the world 
which is this idea of alpha males. Yes. Um, so we kind of did our research about that, and uh, it's probably a good idea to get that article going now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an article about uh, what, where alpha male came from and why it's now mm-hmm. debunked. Yeah, yeah, So for sure. Yeah, whenever you're ready, baby. So this was an article um, off of IFL Science, mm-hmm. which we all know what IFL stands for. Do we? I fucking love science. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, got it. That's got at least it. what I got from it. But anyway, no, I think you're so. right. I think you're right. No, that absolutely is right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's titled The Term Alpha Male is a Lie. So this is literally going into where the alpha male term came from. Oh, okay. So it goes on to say, we hate to break it to you, but wolf packs don't actually have alpha males and females. The researcher who introduced this term tried to clear up what had happened many years ago, but thanks to pop culture and some money-hungry publishers, the confusion still persists. While most people believe that a wolf pack follows a strict hierarchy with the alpha pair at the top of the pecking order, a beta acting as a deputy, and even an omega who might be referred to as a victim of the group, the reality is much more family-oriented. Most wild wolf packs consist of the two parents and their offsprings. This offsprings, offspring, <laughs> yeah. trying to make an, you know make a new word. Uh, this can also include older pups that have not yet left the natal pack. The adult wolves are in charge of the pack simply because they're the parents. The term alpha is outdated and implies that there is some sort of fight to be the leader, which is not the case. Most wolves that lead packs are simply the ones who have bred and had pups. In some packs, that contain more than one breeding wolf the term dominant daughter is used or the term subordinate breeder Mm -hmm. just because wolf packs are a familiar familial unit does not mean there's not fierce competition between individuals in the pack from time to time yeah the practice of using the term alpha male started because of research on wolf behavior in captivity It is important to remember that wolves behave very differently in captivity, often kept in smaller spaces with unrelated individuals than they do in the wild in naturally formed family packs. So here's where we go into the author of that. Um, Rudolf Schenkel, an an animal behaviorist, wrote about captive wolves in 1947 at Basel Zoo in Switzerland, where 10 wolves were kept in a 33 by 66 foot space. He saw that the highest-ranked male and female formed a pair and that the hierarchy could change. He did also note that it was possible that in wild wolf packs, the parents and pups of those parents constituted the pack. But this information was overlooked at the time. It was Schenkel's work that gave rise to the term alpha male. By continuously controlling and suppressing all types of competition within the same sex, both alpha animals defend their social position, he wrote. More research was done on wolves in the 1960s and 70s, but again, almost exclusively on wolves in captivity. Dr. L. David Meck, a scientist and wolf researcher, wrote a book called The Wolf Ecology and Behavior of an Endangered Species, published in 1970. The book was a hit and helped to popularize the alpha concept. However, Meck has since said that the information included in the book is outdated, including the idea of an alpha male dominant wolf. So the article just kind of goes into actual like wolf packs and how that works, Mm -hmm. which is not really, you know, we don't need to get important for this whole thing, but says to be the leader of the pack, there is no great dominance fight to the top. Simply find a mate and start your own pack. The alpha male is a misunderstanding that persists to this day. So basically people took this article that, you know, the, 
the author later admitted didn't have as much information as was needed because right. it was on captive wolves. Yeah. And that alpha males and males, you know, fought to be the dominant pack leader and all yeah. that. And yeah. then people just kind of took that and said, Oh, Hey, we, we can, can just take, we to... can apply it to people. And right. the alpha male is the dominant one. Well, is the one that is the leader of everyone. And the else. problem and with it, the, the, the part that's debunked is the fact that the wolves that they studied weren't in the wild. They were at a zoo. So, it's so, just an artificial environment yeah, to be with. Yeah, because I read uh, in a different article that the, the man who published this article actually um, has tried to talk and plead with his publisher to quit publishing it because it's it's no longer... Yeah. He doesn't feel good about it. It's no longer yeah, accurate to his mind. people are still caught up in this myth. They yeah. keep publishing it because they're making money off of because it. Because people are buying it because yeah. they want to be able to exactly. uh, p- cherry pick it and, and use it for their own. Male thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, good job, babe. Um, you know, really, this kind of brings me to uh, we were talking about uh, we were watching YouTube. We were watching Bo the Fifth Column, and he's got this kind of ongoing segment about uh, the alpha male thing is a myth and he mm-hmm. kind of goes into it and then he's got a lot of you know because if, if you don't know both fifth column is a progressive voice uh but he also uh talks a lot to trump supporters because he is a southerner uh quote-unquote redneck who uh is trying to get folks to understand that uh, being liberal or being progressively minded uh doesn't mean that you can't be a man that you can't mm-hmm. You know, because he likes guns. He's actually trained police in gun tactics, as well as myself. I'm a very liberal person in terms of social policy and uh, treatment of others and humanity, etc. But I'm also a former veteran and ammunition specialist where I have a lot of specialized skill in guns and ammunition. Yeah. Right. Um, I haven't used it since then, uh, other than target practice and things like that occasionally. But I haven't done it in years. But... But but the point is is that he is talking to these Trumpers where a lot of these alphas that don't like what he says or quote unquote self they self self proclaimed proclaimed alphas, alphas yeah. right uh, are getting mad because um, because he's basically contradicting their worldviews about it and so speak on that um, the whole thing as you know is probably you know where these the conservative movement likes to use the alpha male thing, and then you've got this Andrew Tate guy who's now being called out on social media for being kind of full of shit. Well, and he's in jail. Right, and that's the reason, <laughs> is that he's he's um, promoting an, a, a right-wing uh, ideological alpha male supremacy, and uh, he does a lot of things like negging, which is like using negative language to feel superior to people or feel superior to women, especially. Um, but the attitudes that they're uh, fostering, t- speak on that. What is what is going on out there with this whole phenomenon in terms of uh, how is this toxic masculinity and alpha maleism connected to uh, the right wing uh, sort of social media sphere? Yeah, well, Andrew Tate in particular, he's just, it's, and he's got a lot of followers from my understanding, but just very. And and, and who is he and what's he all about? As far as I know, he's just a YouTuber. Like, I don't know what his background is. And I think he also does a lot of, not only does he kind of alpha posture 
and all that. But he also talks a lot about wealth and success and all that, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with success, but not necessarily the attitudes. He's giving yeah. a lot of bad advice about yeah. it. Yeah, and he's just very misogynistic, very superior acting right. of women right. to the point where he's now in jail for taking things to a very far extreme. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly, right. So, um, yeah. yeah, and a lot of people that, you know, I think it's people, males that just feel kind of insecure and not secure in themselves and who they are and the yeah. way they need to act and things. We'll see someone like that and, oh, he's successful, he's rich, he this and that, he and use well, him as, he's a, handsome, as a role model, right. and then take this stuff that he says just to an extreme. And right. And and so what Bo the Fifth Column has been doing on multiple episodes, it's kind of this saga, if you will, is that he's trying to not... He's trying to debunk this whole concept of, of the alpha male, because not only was the original... Uh, science behind it from this book debunked by the author himself, yeah. first of all. Um, but also, um, it's kind of created in the right wing, <clears throat> this right wing, the right wing sphere, as I call it, mm-hmm. is that there's this social concept, you know, Bo, the fifth column is trying to tell you guys that, hey, this concept of alpha male is a social construct, that it's not biological, it's not scientific, it's just you want there to be a spectrum of masculinity uh, so that you can use it for your own gains, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the whole idea of the alpha male is that, that it's someone that who's stronger and smarter than everyone has fought his way up to the top. Right. Which is just... Which is bullshit. He was, bullshit. Prob- he was I mean, probably born with wealth. Yeah. Well, and the thing with, <laughs> you know, with everyone, there's a spectrum of behaviors and a spectrum of everything. So... Well, absolutely, you know, and that's why I wanted to get into this, because I wanted to kind of talk about the difference between what biology and science tells us and kind of just social constructs that sociology would describe as certain attitudes and behaviors that are prevalent in our society today. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, um, you know, it seems like a lot of these right-wingers, and not necessarily all right-wingers, but... A lot of right-wingers are using that term alpha male because you're right. I think they're feeling invalidated in our culture. And and so it's their kind of way of pushing back. Yeah. And we've talked about that on previous episodes. You know, I've, I've actually even talked about on the first episode of season five, I'm talking about the concept that many males in our culture today aren't feeling uh, particularly uh cared for they're not being treated right they're not feeling validated and they're not feeling like they can be themselves and so perhaps this is kind of born out of uh insecurity perhaps it's a pushback towards Mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing is like and that was what i was trying to say is that um i think what happens is as our culture pushes back on people misbehaving because of alpha male influencers and influences it's creating a culture of toxic masculinity and what that is doing is it's making a lot of white guys and a lot of males in general um just have to watch their p's and q's because of the bad actions of a few bad apples yeah well the thing that that bo was talking about he had posted Mm -hmm. a video i can't remember who the the person was that he was reposting but Mm -hmm. it was a video about a woman on a date and the guy that she was with was telling her what she was going to eat, what she was going to order, how much she was going to eat. 
just being super, super controlling. Right, right. Which is kind of a a hallmark of this whole toxic masculinity thing. It's like they have to be in charge. Right. They they're the one that's on top. They make all the decisions. They tell you what to do, when you're going to yeah. do it, how you're going to do it. And in the in the span of that video, the woman sees someone that she's never hasn't seen for a long time, and she leaves the date. Or right. and I've heard of they people, used various means to get away from that yeah, person, or right. receive a text message that they had. There's an emergency, or right. this or that, and there's somebody a, ha- even a perfect stranger having to step in because yeah. they see how creepy it is, yeah. and they step mm-hmm. in to save her. Exactly. Wow. And uh, the thing that was on this episode of mm. Bo is that he had a reader send a message into him and said, "Wow, I." I've been following these kinds of people and I've had that happen to me on dates. And now I'm realizing that it was how all horrible me. I was and how he yeah. wants to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of broached that a little bit. And that was the thing I wanted to get into is that, you know, thank goodness some people realize that this is shitty, toxic behavior. And, to, and it can be very dangerous. It and, can turn very dangerous. Right, right. Women and, too. Well, yeah. And why would you want to creep women out? I don't understand yeah. that. You know, and that was the thing is that what, what I'm trying to get at here is that we all get angry. We all get frustrated and we all have a tendency, whether whether knowingly or unknowingly, to lash out when we're upset especially if we're having some kind of mental health problem and that's why uh there's a difference between people who are getting trained into toxic masculinity through these influences mm-hmm. versus perhaps people who maybe it's a learned behavior from their father or it's a learned behavior from their culture or it's a learned behavior from their environment um, but at the end of the day what it boils down to is i believe that there's a lot of males that are just struggling with mental health in this culture yeah, and, and that's not to take away from women who are too because i think it yeah. it happens on both sides of course um, but at the end of the day, the, the, the reason why I brought that up is because I think what's going on in our culture is there's so many bad behaviors by males these days that the good ones like myself, I feel like I'm not allowed to be myself. I'm not allowed to show frustration. I can never get angry or else I'm just the angry white Trumper now, you know, mm-hmm. and that and like and you know me, babe, you know, that's so not me. And so at the end of the day, it's like. Their bad behaviors making it to where a lot of ma- innocent males are feeling Absolutely. ostracized or judged be- mm-hmm. based on either the way they look or they're not even allowed to express frustration. Yeah. And the sad thing is, I mean, it happens enough and to enough women that it is a big problem. Absolutely. And it just falls back onto the people that aren't that way and they get treated bunched into the same group of people. Right. Well, when it's not true. Well, yeah, and that's why we wanted to talk about this, because at the end of the day, yeah, we need solutions. But I always use the opioid crisis as an example, is that the opioid crisis is a problem, but is the solution to, you know, take pain meds away from people who are critically in pain? I don't, I think that goes too far. And so if it's getting to the point where they just don't want to do anything to help anyone at all, then that's called an overreach. You're going too far. You're overcorrecting the the, the solution by, uh, you know, punishing everyone. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what's going on here, I think, is that males, um, you know, it's not to excuse bad behavior because males should. No, not at all. Males should watch what they do and say. But what I mean is, like myself, like dealing with, you know, 
bad jobs, dealing with um, awful people, dealing with being a public figure, I often feel like um, I'm not even allowed to show frustration for the for the fear that someone's going to get the wrong idea and put me in that camp of toxic male. And it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, hold the horses, you know, because at the end of the yeah. day, when we read that list of all those things, I'm none of those things. And you can, no. you can vouch for no. me, but, but there is a problem in our culture today when it comes to males and their behaviors and, um, and then how, uh, perhaps they're not getting um, the comfort or validation to be themselves in our culture. And I do think it happens to women, too. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, but no, we're just concentrating on. But we're concentrating on males right today. now because, yeah. well, because I do feel like that that males are sort of the problem in our culture right now when it comes to people having mental health, bad outcomes, and then taking it out on society in various ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Without saying the words, mm-hmm. I want, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, um, very rarely do women end up becoming serial killers or becoming um, uh, abusers. It does happen, but it it's does, a mo- but- ma- ma- it's the majority of the time, the bad people and the bad outcomes, it's primarily male. Speak on that. What do you think that is? Yeah, well, I think mm. a lot of it is because of culture. And it's mm-hmm. because people, you know, learn these behaviors from their dads and their grandfathers. And it's just right. kind of a lot of it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, old ideas about women and men and that men should be in control and in charge and right. controlling. And it and just kind called, of passes. And that's what I, I'm sorry. That's OK. No, I was just saying it just passes down generationally. Yeah. And if someone's not. I don't want to say not smart enough, but not, not aware enough. Aware enough. That's perfect. Yeah. To, to change it, it just keeps it, it perpetuates that problem. Mm-hmm. We it, we call that the cycle of abuse, yeah. where any abusive behavior, um, you know, like uh, child abuse or whatever, uh, uh, any abuse can be perpetuated uh, down the family line as as offspring are born, and and so the point is to is to stop the abusive behavior, and to perpetuate better outcomes in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, yeah, I get so offended. You could call me a million things, but the thing I get most offended by is calling me toxic. Oh, girl, no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I'm an empath. You know, the if, if we were to look at a spectrum between empath, you know, the, the, the far spectrum would be empath and then all the way to the middle, which would be normal, and then all the way to the the other side would be sociopath or psychopath. Now, that's the thing, and that's where we've gotten into t- um, terms like the dark triad, which talk about the uh, you know Machiavellianism, sociopathy, and narcissism, right? And then there's a term that's called the dark empath, which is basically someone who is an empath, but you kind of abuses their uh, ability to feel it's basically an empath who's a shitty empath it's you know they're yeah, they're an empath but they, they take advantage of what they feel. can learn about yeah. others and then they kind of use that to manipulate yeah. others and get their way yeah absolutely. yeah and that's what i think uh that one girl who messed with us 
in the beginning of uh, season four, when we did an episode about that falling out, mm-hmm. the, the main instigator, yeah. I believe she is a dark empath. Yeah. Because- or just a sociopath. I'm not sure. It's one or the other. Or both. Or both. <laughs> yeah, but I believe you probably could be both. Yeah. Um, and we are going to still do an episode about the uh, the dark empath, because I think a lot of people want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what do you think about all this? Um, I mean, it's it's a fascinating thing. It It is. And it's a hard thing to solve, because, like you said, it is a generational thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of men that, that feel let down by life and dating and women and, and so how and then can they, they kind feel... of look up to these men because they oh look they're rich they're this they're that right, and it kind right. of lulls them into this sense of false that sense being of the right thing to a do. false sense of security and, and then it kind of slowly turns them into these yeah. bad behaviors yeah yeah and just but you know it just takes mm. Personal interactions, like that guy that watched Bo and saw that and saw that in himself and went, oh, shit, I need to change. Right. So it's just it's something that's just going to have to be, I think, on a personal level, you just kind of try to change things little by little as you can in your life. Right. But well, it's it's a hard it's a hard one. What do you think? So ingrained. You know how like a lot of times you'll hear, um, you know, like it's become a no, no that you can't. Because it's a stereotype, the angry black man, right? I was even watching uh, part of a movie, that new Eddie Murphy movie. Um, what's it called? Um, yeah, it's that new movie by Eddie Murphy on Netflix called You People. And it's got um, Jonah, uh, Hill. Jonah Hill in it and, and some others. Yeah. But, but anyways, I didn't watch a lot of it. It, it, was, it was on in the living room and I caught pieces of it. But, but it goes into, you know, don't call my dad an angry black man. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, no, I wasn't. I'm saying that he's intense. She's like, yeah, you're insinuating that he's mm-hmm. the angry black man, right? Yeah. And so nobody wants to promote those stereotypes because what does it do? It disparages black men from feeling like they can express themselves yeah. fully. Absolutely. We're, we're making yeah. it to the point where we're stereotyping this idea that black men are no longer allowed to be depressed or to be angry feelings. or to be frustrated, yeah. mm-hmm. to have human feelings. And so the same kind of thing is happening now where it's not just black men, it's all men are starting to feel like we're not allowed to be upset. We're not allowed to get upset. And yes, there are good and bad ways to express frustration. But I think it's going to a point where all men now feel like they have to be Mr. Rogers in order to be a good man in our culture and society. So speak on that. What do we do about all this? Yeah, it's it's hard because, yeah, like you said, there's this idea that if someone expresses anger, then, oh, no, then you're you're the you're an oppressive, misogynistic, right. you know, asshole. Well, and that's what and those that's, girls were trying to do in the mm-hmm. beginning of season four. They were trying to say that because I was getting upset by them calling me names and being I mean, they were being hurtful and, mm-hmm. and, and harmful to me. They were being reckless. Right. And so I would say something back because I was getting upset in the moment. And then they would snapshot it and use it as evidence that I'm a toxic man. It's like, no, Never I just don't what led up to it. Right. What the actual they're t- 10 about. times more terrible yeah. than me. And so you're not even allowed to defend yourself anymore against a woman who is basically terrorizing you and that's what i don't like is that women mm. a lot of women feel like they can take they can a, do whatever they, they want to do right. say whatever they want to say and they give themselves a lot more leeway with things than they will give men yeah well and 
And that's all I'm trying to say, because I think there's toxic men. I believe there's toxic women. doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your um, politics are. At the end of the day, toxicity is toxicity. But um, I, I think it's just one of those things we have to nip in the bud, because I don't want white males, just like I don't want black males, to feel like they're not allowed to get catharsis out of life when things aren't going their way. Yeah. And I you think know. it just, it all boils down to we just need to start being kinder to each other. Boom. Why do you think <laughs> I started this show? Exactly. Yeah, That's a, because what it boils down to is the pathology of letting people off the hook, being less judgmental of each other. At the end of the day, why are people so fucking critical of everything? Do you think it has something to do with being in a critic oriented society? In other words, everywhere you go, there's movie critics and there's this critics and that critics. In other words, um, we we find it okay to criticize art, but it seems like it's bled out into now we're allowed to criticize each other, mm-hmm. regardless of how mild the behavior is. I think that's partly it. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people are just feeling so frustrated and fed up with life that sometimes it makes them feel better to treat someone in an unkind way. Right. Which is the well, kick the dog syndrome. Right. And I think we've all done it here and there. I've gotten exceedingly better at it because, I mean, there was a time where, you know, like my grandmother taught me when when you're frustrated, write it down and give it to the universe and then throw it away. That means you're giving it to the universe. Give it to God or give it to the universe, whatever your beliefs are, but give it away so that it no longer is bogging you down. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I would write out my frustrations in a non-toxic way, a non-hateful way, just write it on Facebook because I was hoping that my friends would say, yeah, I deal with that too. I deal with depression. I deal with frustration. I deal with these bad jobs and these just, it feels like our society isn't functioning as well anymore. And I was hoping to get that. And then what led up to that argument with that main instigator girl was the fact that I had wrote something that had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with her. Nothing to do with life, no, no specifics, nothing hateful at all. It was no. just my tender feelings and then her going off on me for no reason. Yeah. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it's almost like it's, it's taught me a couple of things. Number one, it's taught me that maybe Facebook and social media is not a safe space. In other words, uh, I've learned to modify my behavior. I've just, I'm just one of these people where energy is intention. I, I, I am hopeful that... When you're being your truest, most kind self, that others will see what's going on and want to um, commiserate and be your friend. But sometimes there's just not right people out there who either take it the wrong way or uh, use it as a a way to manipulate you or control you um, because of some bias they have that you don't even know why they have it. Mm -hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, I think it boils down to, right, uh, the pathology of being kind. Uh, where do we start with that? Do you think? I think I've, I've tried to do it in my life starting small. Cause I know, like yeah. you've mentioned before, I get, I get a lot of compliments on my hair and things. And yeah. I've, I, for years I've tried to make it a point to compliment people on mm-hmm. things, you know, like hair or earrings or whatever. And I'm making it a real effort to do that with men because yeah. 
men want to feel pretty. Men well, want to feel complimented. And, and and there is a wrong way, too, because you yeah. could, as a woman, say, hey, you look great. And then next thing you know, they, they take it too far. If that's exactly So you it. have and to be careful with that's that. What, but, that's why in society it is really scary to be a woman sometimes because oh, yeah. you don't know how someone's going to react to something. Right. So it's because of the bad apples that... Right. That, so that set it, the example. So it makes it hard because you don't want to set yourself up for a situation where somebody becomes a stalker because you told them you like their hat. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, and I. So what would be some good advice then? How can we make not only men but women too? How can we um, uh, go out of our way to create um, just kinder outcomes? And how can we sort of? Um, what are the rules really to to to? Um, to complimenting people with mm-hmm. so that they don't um, take it too far. Yeah. Well, like yesterday, I think it was yesterday, a, a guy came in and bought a money order, and he was probably a few years older than me, and he was wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Yeah. So, at the end of the, the transaction, I said, hey, by the way, I like your shirt, which led to him saying, yeah, I got to see them in 1989 in Portland. And right. it just led into a nicer interaction with yeah. someone that kind of we both probably walked away feeling like hey that was kind of a nice little connection and it, yeah and, and there and was I, a guy a couple days ago he was wearing a really cool grungy greeny gray nail polish i told him i liked his nail polish right so i just and a guy at the gas station months ago he was wearing these really cool glasses mm. i told him i liked his glasses and i think just little things like that 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 are pretty innocuous they, are kind of a they, safer way to and, to, and and it's called you made their day. And when you make someone's day, they get better. They start yeah, healing. I know how good it makes me feel when right, someone says something right. like that. You to made me. their so day. I try to do that with people and daily. The, and the spirit of kindness and compassion goes a long way. And that's what I'm trying to say. Is at the end of the day, I am not trying to lay cover for bad behaviors or bad no, males because the ones that are truly. Need correcting that are the like the true incels. They need to learn that that's not acceptable behavior. Exactly, and maybe if you wisened up Mm -hmm. a little bit and changed your behavior, then you wouldn't be in this lonely mess because you need to change your work on yourself. You need to work on yourself. Don't blame everybody. Work on yourself, and and once you understand the creepiness factor in yourself or the causation Mm -hmm. for people not liking and wanting to be around you, which was that guy's on Bo's episode he was right. just saw, finally some clicked and he saw that and said oh dang right. that's me right. maybe i need to work on myself well and, and and even for myself even though i'm not a toxic person um uh, we all get frustrated all right have now little things that we can yeah well and, and that was the point is that when when i got that uh, instagram that said i'm sensing you're a toxic person well first of all she was basing it off of nothing because even if she was a psychic or an empath which she probably wasn't. But even if she was, as an empath myself, I can tell you, I can get little glimpses of people based on pictures, but you can't get the whole picture. No. And so this not. idea that she's going to know me based on how I look, most of my pictures I'm smiling. Notice that it was the one picture where I'm not smiling mm-hmm. that she had something negative to yeah. say. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is that when I got that, I was in kind of a state of feeling self-conscious. And it got me thinking about some of the ways that I talk here on the show. And I realized that if I'm going to be a YouTuber, I can't say certain things because it's going to be taken the wrong way. And I'm not saying them to hurt anyone. Like I said, I, on the previous episode, I was trying to get 
new audience members to understand that sometimes we just trash talk or say certain things for effect or for to joke or to to for catharsis. So where how do we how can we be misanthropes and talk a little healthy smack without it uh, turning into a greater toxicity of how we treat people? Yeah. Well, we all, you know, we all have our negative days and where we're not feeling great about stuff and you're allowed to to express that. But well, don't take it to a point where you're mm, being mm, cruel to people right. or mean to people for no reason. Well, that's kind of my point is that sometimes I'm irreverent and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm a little bit um uh, what's the word? snarky. Um but it's to be fun loving. It's it's a, usually to uh, to either illustrate somebody else's bad behavior or it's to call out someone else's bad behavior or mm-hmm. it's to get people uh, to understand a greater sense of awareness of their own um sort of it's for people to understand their own sense of responsibility in other words it takes two to tango so uh, you know you, you can't blame the other party always there's always something we did to exacerbate an argument or something we said or something we did to perpetuate a negative or nasty exchange. And so at the end of the day, that sense of awareness is important Mm -hmm. uh, in in order to correct ourselves. Uh, And for me as as an orator, as a speaker, I want to get better and more succinct about how I express myself. But more than that, if I'm going to start entering the YouTube space, I have to watch my mouth because there's things I can get away with here that I wouldn't be able to get away on YouTube. And and it really did make me realize that I don't want to make the wrong impression when I have such a kind and gentle heart. Well, and some people just don't understand or get snarkiness or dry sense of humor right and those people it's just you're just not going to click right they take everything so literally right that some they just won't get you because they just don't understand just like the youtube algorithm it doesn't understand when you're being sort Mm -hmm. of uh jokey or when you're being snarky or when you're saying it for effect Mm-hmm. You know, it takes it literal always. And there yeah. are some people out there who just that take everything like they yeah, hear literally, absolutely. not understanding the tone in which you said it. Yeah. 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 By the way, I got a show note. My um, my backdrop is here. So, yay. yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the reason why we started this whole thing, this whole shebang, is I was starting to feel like our culture isn't taking care of one another anymore. <laughs> And that means um, emotionally, we're not taking care of each other anymore to feel good about each other and to uh, have a sense of e- e- equalness and equality in treating everyone the same. In a, and, and that doesn't mean that we can't be f- jokey from time to time. That's another thing is that people have lost their sense of humor. And so when, on a previous episode, when I was trying to explain myself that you can be a spiritualist and be an empath and be all into that stuff. But if you don't have the basic fundamental building blocks of a sense of humor, you're going to take everybody and everything too seriously. And as a result, you're going to take yourself t- too seriously. And over time, when you get around people who take themselves too seriously, you get this understanding that they think they're superior to others. Yeah. And at the end sure. of the day, we're, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to let you know, let out the steam, let out the pressure cooker so that people have the room to breathe and room to be themselves in, mm-hmm. in an uptight and, and sometimes overly serious society. And I get it because the times are getting more complex. 
The times are getting more layered. The times are getting more nuanced. And there is more pressure for us to sort of behave ourselves. There's more pressure for there to be equality. There's more pressure for us to um, emotionally grow up and mature. But at the same time, um, do we want to do that at the sacrifice of losing our sense of humor entirely? Mm-hmm. Where do we draw the line when it comes to humor and saying certain things that are off color? Where do we draw yeah. that line? Because obviously there is a line, but where is it? There is. I think, like I said before, just when it, when it, becomes cruel or you're intentionally trying to hurt people or if it becomes racist or misogynist yeah yeah, i mean (laughs) yeah there's a good rule of thumb i would think yeah for sure and just you know kind of know who you're around like if you know you're around people that get your sense of humor yeah well that's always been my problem is i have a sense of humor and, and some days i'm very much like mr rogers wholesome and clean and other times I get a little uh, the duality. I become a little Bob Saget, where I'm like, that's what, that was the thing about Bob Saget is everybody saw his wholesome persona from America's Full House and America's yeah. Funniest Home Videos, and so when they would go to see him, <laughs> and he's got a dirty potty mouth from hell, yeah. and people are like shocked. They're like yeah. shocked. You you half expect it when it's an Andrew Dice Clay or a Sam mm-hmm. Kinison or an Eddie Murphy or a George Carlin, but when it's the clean comics doing it, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the thing as a comedian myself is I'm trying to find my comedic voice, and the truth is. You know, at first I thought I was going to be kind of a Bill Maher, George Carlin, dirty and political. But now I'm realizing, no, I think I'm going to be a clean comic. Because while I do sometimes use controversial language, at the end of the day, um, I don't routinely rely on swear words and bad behavior. But but where do Mm -hmm. we draw the line? Because I know, you know, some comedians don't do anything wrong and then they get canceled. So what? where do we... How where do we take a lesson? Because I think that's the problem. You know, I, I know that the the right a lot of times they talk about um, they talk about cancel culture and woke culture because of what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people to think that liberals are just too uptight. But then at the same time they get uptight themselves well, over a lot of stuff. They participate in that cancel culture also. Exactly just, right, right. So they pretend that they're just innocent bystanders in yeah, all of it, while and then they turn they, around and do the while same they turn thing. around and cancel, you know, green eggs and ham and M mm-hmm. and M's and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Is that I think we all get um, our feelings hurt. We all get. Uh, frustrated so so what is a good rule of thumb then uh when we're angry to not let it turn toxic or not let it turn downright wrong or illegal (laughs) yeah well you just said it don't do that (laughs) don't do it yeah well and what if what about people who have a, a little bit of a anger streak how do they learn to get along in a frustrating society and not let that Make them lose friends and friendships. In other yeah. words, you've got these toxic people and they want to change. Uh, what can they do to sort of um, soften themselves and make themselves more likable? Well, I think sometimes <clears throat> counseling would help. I mean, Maybe. therapy could in definitely some cases, help in I some think cases right. with that. And what, if, what if they're not having, you know, because Bo, the fifth column, was saying that this guy is admitting he's wrong and he realizes how creepy he was getting. He realized he was going too far. He wants to be a family man. He wants to have kids and he wants to get rid of the bad behaviors because he, re- he deep down, he respects women, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. he was deeply insecure. And, and so what Bo is saying is that that is a social construct. The alpha male construct is a social 
construct that is being relied upon, especially in right-wing culture, but not entirely, um, but it's being used in a way that is sort of giving cover for bad behavior. Yeah, and so once they lose, once they understand that it's creeping people out, um, I, I, they do want to modify that. But what about how how are we supposed to live in a right versus left wing political climate where um, oftentimes um, we're always crying foul on each other and who's more righteous and good there? Where Where do we draw the line when it comes to saying certain things well with you know with a lot of the right-wing stuff it is just it it relies on the toxic masculinity and the the idea of the alpha male and all that and it's 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 not real yeah and then every person has a spectrum of how they feel on different days and as far as masculinity or femininity or whatever and people are just people yeah and don't let those ideas sink into you because it's not real. Yeah. And just because you're not, you know, gun toting, hunting, fishing, whatever, well, that doesn't make you less of a male. It's just a stupid label that they well, put on themselves to make them feel better. Well, I'll be honest about something, you know, in my evolution. Um, I remember when we first moved up to Portland and we went to Ikea and I was looking at the males. Now, I come from California, former veteran, um, what would you, where would, would you describe me as a masculine male? Yeah. Would you, but, would, but not overly so? Yeah. Yeah. But, but when people meet me, are they going to assume I'm a right winger or assume I'm, I perhaps might be a, a brooding posturing male? I think it depends on where we are, but, um, especially cause you like to wear hats and you like to wear camo shorts and <laughs> yeah, yeah. because of where we are. Well, and because of my military background might be made because of your beard and stuff. And right, right. That's what I'm getting but, at. So it's, it's possible. Well, and it's just, I noticed because I'm about as liberal as they come, mm-hmm. but I, I remember feeling at Ikea, like, wow, these are some really, what's the word? metrosexual dudes right Mm -hmm. and that's fine and that's kind of the point that i wanted to make now is that at the end of the day if you want to some males are going to be really quite masculine not either either by choice or because they can't help it Mm -hmm. and i think with me i suffer from i just look masculine but a lot of times when people get to know me they realize that i actually am quite sensitive and feminine in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. they don't you know and i've just grown because i'm married and i'm at the age now where i don't feel like i have to posture and grunt to to get my way i don't have to sell this image of myself as being this like overly masculine male because i feel pretty confident in my masculinity as it is but almost conversely almost contrarily i get offended when people assume i'm a part of that toxic culture just because i'm masculine well and i think that's something that people need to try and you it it takes an effort a conscious effort to get away from judging people at face value yeah yeah. i mean some people look at my pink hair and have one idea of me another person might look at my pink hair and have another idea of me right but if you don't talk to me you how are you gonna know know. well that was kind of like um you know uh you know i want i want to get into the spectrum of masculinity femininity uh don't let me forget about that at the end but for right now, like, for example, when I paint my nails uh, black, uh, I do it usually around Halloween time. Sometimes I'll do it throughout the year. 
Um, but I do it just to, to express myself freely. And it seems to do a couple of things. It either makes sort of the more conservative and uptight crowd nervous around me, like they're clutching their pearls around me, mm-hmm. you know, whereas um, the more, f- I don't know, the, the freaks and the geeks and the liberals uh, tend to like me more. And, and, and mm-hmm. a, I get a general sense that women trust gay men more. They tend to trust feminine men more. And they tend to trust men who um, uh, are a little, little more in touch with their feminine side. And so when I paint my nails black, um, it seems like it has a net positive effect because a lot of women say, well, despite the beard and despite the way he dresses, I can see there's this like other side to him there. Uh, speak on yeah. that because I think a lot of people are just afraid to express themselves. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of males uh, are just, they can't stand this idea that there could be a more masculine male out there. And I just got mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, why does it matter? Exactly. Yeah. It's just <laughs> you know. all these stupid societal mm. things that have been pushed on us forever. Yeah. Well, it's probably and- some, it's you, I can bet your ass some girl at some point, Pointed and laughed at their dick. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, Possibly, because at the yeah. end of the day, I think I think a lot of men they want to feel um, valid and they want mm-hmm. to feel like uh, sort of in charge and leaders, but in a way that's not necessarily pushy. But in other words, they just want to feel like good father figures. They want to mm-hmm. feel like good patriarchs of their family. Um, but where do we cross that line? Because yeah, I mean, there is a line that can easily get crossed. Where is it? The line is when it becomes controlling where you're trying to control mm, another person mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what they do or how they act or what Absolutely. they wear or what they look like or and not being a dick yeah just don't be a dick about mm-hmm. everything yeah i i think there's some males that have grown so insecure that they just don't understand how to be polite they don't yeah. understand how to be nice they don't understand that you can have you know like some days i'm very masculine when i'm working out i'm like yeah In other days, I'm like feeling kind of sensitive and fragile. Mm -hmm. And whether that's feminine or not, I'm not sure. But that's the thing is assigning these words to to behaviors and feelings. Right. Yeah. That's that's where labels have made, have caused so many problems. That's why I tell people in politics don't label yourself. Mm -hmm. You're just going to get the opposite to hate you. Yeah. And I like some conservatives. So when we're talking about conservatives, or conservatism. My best friend is a Trump-supporting conservative, but he's also a nice guy. Now, do I agree with him on all the little crazy things that he posts on Facebook? No. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God. But when it comes to the way he treats me and the way he treats his family and the way he treats women and the way he treats black people and the way he's fine, he's great. So, in other words, um, if if it ain't hurt nothing, let it be. (laughs) Yeah. But... I wanted to talk real quick because we're we're reaching the end of this. I want to talk about the female, male, or masculine, feminine scale. Now, Bo set up this idea that um, alpha maleism is a social construct. Now, that doesn't mean it's invalid entirely, but it is a it's it's recognized by certain people, even though it has no scientific merit, right? So, that being said, what can we say about masculinity and femininity regardless of your gender what is that and and how should we apply that to people because like i've said gina carino is a big tough chick 
She wants to be a masculine uh, female? Great. What's wrong with that? She squats better than me, right? Mm-hmm. I think she kicks ass, even though I don't always agree on her politics. Yeah. Fine, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's some males that are kind of uh, more effeminate. And, and sometimes they're gay, sometimes they're not. But my point is, is that there's a scale of masculinity to femininity. Speak on that. What What is that and how yeah. should normal society treat that? Well, there is. I mean, there's a, a scale of hmm. how people feel, how they represent themselves. I think, yeah. like, like we just said, just stop with the damn labels. Yeah. Just let people be people. What do you, you are s- who you are. What do you say to people who would argue, well, if alpha maleism is a social construct, then so is gender fluidity. Now, I don't want to broach that subject because it is uh, hot like a potato. But but I do want to just think as an as a intellectual exercise, is there something, is it invalid if it's a social construct or is it scientifically accurate? What What is that? I think the only thing making it a social construct is just the the actual labels on it. Yeah. It's just instead of saying that there's a, a spectrum of how people are and mm-hmm, act, mm-hmm. no, you have to be the alpha, you have to be the beta, you have to be the omega or whatever the fuck the labels are. Well, like, I, I and think, that's the that's the problem is putting exact measurements and labels on these things right. instead of just knowing that there's a fluidity and a spectrum to everything. That makes a lot of sense because when I think about like, I do think in general being alpha male is silly. Um, but then like I've used the word beta males to sometimes describe these um, incels that are just yeah. so flustered and, and get upset by everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying it literally. I'm sort no. of saying it satirically. It's, yeah, it's just used more as, fact. A, as a phrase instead of an a, actual a phraseology. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But but my point, yeah, my point is, is that um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, when it comes to because I think there's a difference, and that's what I think that's what trans people and gay people are trying to say is is that there's a difference between gender and sex. And so there probably is also a difference in, in, in masculinity and femininity. And I don't think your gender necessarily matters in that because there are feminine or effeminate males and there are masculine women. So speak on that. How should we, I mean, because it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, what no, it boils it down to is respecting one another. That's so how exactly do we, and that's how do we the get problem. that? That's the the problem is just with labels and having to have everything have sit in its own little box and stay there. Right. It doesn't allow for change or growth or, you know. Well, and you're not even allowed to have a bad day or, or else you yeah. risk being a, a, a beta or omega yeah. male. Yeah. It's like, what? We're not allowed to feel aggrieved anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like it's just thing, like, g- it stereotypes and, and generalizes about people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I want to do personally. I want to find books or, or classes or things and look into gender studies and things. Cause I do want to learn more about it. And that's the thing is that people don't know about it. Yeah. And then they, they make these opinions or judgments on people based right. on things they don't really understand. Yeah. Well, and the difference between, I think, you know, because if gender fluidity is quote unquote, a, um, a um, social construct, if I say if, cause I don't know, because and that's why we're not broaching that subject into more yeah. detail. But and and alpha maleism is also a social construct. Um, a lot of right wingers would probably try to use that as a way to either validate or invalidate gay and trans people. So my point isn't about 
being a social construct invalidating someone. But in the case with the alpha males, we know that it was based off of bad science. Mm -hmm. We're talking about wolves, first of all, that have nothing to do with males, uh, human males. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about wolves um, in the wild versus captivity. The, the, The wolves that were studied were in captivity, whereas the wolves in out in the wild display different behaviors yeah. based on that. Mm-hmm. And so the whole book kind of got thrown out um, <clears throat> because the, the author himself was like, no, this is bad science. And so yeah. quit putting out bad science, especially in my name. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, speak on that. Because I think, you know, at the end of the day, the, uh, you know, like I said, there's going to be some people who are going to want to, uh, uh, you know, h- harm the trans movement by using this term uh, social construct yeah that's just people not being educated and people grasping onto something that makes sense and feels good to them and even what even if the science comes out saying that's not true they're going to hang on to it because it feels good to them right which is what is continuing to give these publishers money because they keep putting it out and people keep grasping onto it and it's just people that aren't open to change and aren't open to learning yeah. New things. Yeah, yeah. Or things they aren't comfortable with. or Well, and at the end of the day, I just don't find any useful benefit in bashing people at all. Yeah, <clears throat> Especially when we're talking about minority people, whether it be racial minority or uh, gender or sexuality minorities. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Why should it matter? At the end of the day... When you weaponize information to harm others, you are in the wrong. And that is yeah. what? Toxic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, so in general, babe, what, is, what can we do in our culture and society to sort of uh, fight off social media hysteria, uh, news uh, misinformation, and the general toxicity that's going on in our culture. Because I think it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. I think just as with everything, <clears throat> you just have to start with yourself and your own little your own little bubble and try to make changes for yourself and people around you. And hopefully that can kind of just have a rippling effect and spread out into society. Yeah. And what would you say, you know, because I think we're, we're all people pleasers, especially us empaths and sensitive and introverts. We're people pleasers. And a lot of times we um, have this tendency to want to please people. And in doing so, we are forgiving toxic behaviors. Where do we, how do we not do that? Just don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, Mm -hmm difficult with people in your life if you know if there's people that you're close to but they have these attitudes that you absolutely don't agree with but you don't want to cause strife yeah it's hard and i don't know the answer to that now what about this because like i grew up with a a single mom without a father now i did have a dad but he was far away and i didn't see him a lot um so but i did have a grandfather around okay but he worked a lot and um, and, and my point is, is that I was a very sensitive sort of effeminate child that grew out of it because I got into martial arts. I got into skateboarding. I got into um, soccer and uh, baseball and all this stuff. In other words, I started off a very sensitive child, but I never really got rid of it entirely. But I certainly became a tougher kid. And um, and my point simply is, is that I was raised by, um, you know, depression-era 
grandparents who, you know, don't quite, aren't like really up to code when it comes to sexuality or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, various right and wrongs in our culture and society. They've since passed away. But, but, um, I guess my point is, is, um, I guess my point is, is that, uh, I was raised, uh, to be masculine, even though, um, I kind of was, you know, it took time to learn how to be a man, but be a balanced man, to be a, just a good man. What does it matter whether you're a masculine man if you're an asshole? And what does it matter if you're, you know, masculine if you're just not living up to people's understanding? In other words, be a good man. Don't worry about whether you're a masculine That's man. exactly it. You know? Yeah, and you just have to have an hmm. open mind. Right. And be open to new information and... But what about, you know, like kind of tackling this idea that that people assume that I'm going to be a certain way because I was raised, you know, in a military household or I was raised uh, to understand rifles and guns. I was raised uh, to go into the military. In other words, now uh, people uh, think it's okay to generalize or to bash people because they have military training or they have um, police yeah. training or something that's very masculine. Well, and that's, you know. I think that's just on them and that shows their closed mindedness when it comes to certain things. Well, yeah, my point and simply is, is I'm, I don't want to be labeled toxic just because I have yeah. a, a long history of masculine training, if you will. No, <laughs> and you shouldn't be. Yeah. And people that would say something like that, they're the ones that are closed minded. And- well, because I think it's weird because we're living in a culture that is becoming more socially aware, which is a good thing. We're becoming more evolved socially in a lot of ways, which is good. But we are losing our sense. Of, we are losing uh, our our ability to take a joke. We're losing our sense of humor in some ways. Um, so where do we draw that line? Because I, I, like I said, everybody is feeling kind of broken and broken down these days, and people don't want to be screwed with, and they don't, and they certainly don't want to be labeled as b- bad people just because they're going through a mental health cr- mm-hmm. you know crisis so uh i guess my point is is uh, how do we just start learning to um i don't know be more fair-minded when it comes to gender and when it comes to treatment e- equal treatment and when it comes to you know not uh, just labeling everybody as bad or evil or toxic just because they're different yeah it just comes down to just being aware of behaviors in yourself and in ways of thinking that you might be stuck in and trying to change with yourself. And yeah. Well, cause when I tell some folks, like when I, t- my, all my old friends are like, Oh yeah, yeah. You were in the army. All the new people that get to know me that just know me as the podcasting liberal. They're like, you were in the military. Oh my God. You know, they almost can't believe it because I don't still walk around in, with a, with a rifle in my hand. It's like, well, yeah, you know, it depends on how I dress. But, I mean, my point simply is is that we have a tendency to generalize in our culture and stereotype. And so, how do we fight stereotypes and how do we fight generalizing about that which we don't actually know? You just have to be mindful of it. Yeah. And realize that you might be carrying certain beliefs and ideas and behaviors and mm. try to change it. If you yeah. catch yourself judging someone because of the way they look or how they're acting, maybe stop yourself and actually talk to the person or well, 
And what I'm getting to is that there's a general bias about, we are all that way, right? We all have to fight against biases. And so, like, in other words, like, if you're super liberal, like we are, we're super, we might be biased towards, against um, conservative people, or we might be biased against Christians, where I try very hard not to be. In other words, I, I, so long as people are practicing their religion without pushing it in my face or trying to change legislation. Yeah, I'm biased I'm, against I'm, hate and hateful actions. And using Christianity as a, as yeah. a means of hatred. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so, so I guess, what do we do uh, to fight against our own uh, biases when... Um, ma- we're hurting and we're struggling. In other words, people are generalizing about me, so why not I generalize about you? Yeah, and that's kind of like, you know, I've mentioned it here, you've mentioned it before, is the kick the dog syndrome, and you just have to stop yourself because why keep perpetuating things if you know that you've been hurt by them? Why would you want to continue doing the same to other people? You just have to be Mm -hmm. aware of what is going on. Where, when do you think it's time to, just like the articles we read, where, when's it time to tick, kick toxicity out for good, and when is it time to try to salvage someone who has toxic traits, but they're not entirely toxic? Yeah, well, you can usually tell. And I think most people aren't entirely one way or another, so there's mm-hmm. usually, you can you just try to bring out the best traits in people. Mm-hmm. And maybe compliment them on things that they might feel a little weird about or they might feel a little bit self-conscious about yeah and try to make them feel good about traits that they might feel a little weird about because it's Mm -hmm. not how they think that they should be or how they should act or how they should feel right and i think just taking it on a a person-to-person basis and just being personal with people and well being kind to people yeah no i i agree and i guess at the end of the day what i'm trying to figure out is because we're becoming such a critical and polarized society um it feels like i mean for me i don't get along with liberals or conservatives because they're judging and generalizing and stereotyping me and so at the end of the day it's almost become you know we've all sort of become uh, the target of other people's wrath and lunacy so so i guess what i'm saying is is how do we not let that um you know create more kick the dog syndrome where we act on our hate instead of our sense of uh, love and and kindness and awareness. I I know that's coming off a little like repetitive. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that um, living in a world full of hate where some people are just never, ever going to change. In other words, they're not changing, so why should I change? Therefore, I'll just keep having bad behaviors forever. Because you want to be a better person than them? Right. And so, where do we incentivize that is my point. Where do we incentivize people wanting to better themselves? Because unless they have been called out for their toxic behavior, a lot of people just double down on their bad behavior. So, how do we how do, we do yeah, that? Well, I think that's part of the thing that's wrong with our society is that you don't people have to be incentivized to do something like not just because it's the right thing or because it's a good thing you have to like, Oh, if you change this behavior, you'll get a date. Well, maybe (laughs) not. How about you just change that behavior because Because it makes you a better person. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's kind of my point is that like at the end of the day, I mean, I always, always come out the gate in society. My default position is kindness and dignity for all people. But 
living in the real world, um, you are talking about people that will tear you into shreds. How do we deal with that toxicity on a day-to-day pace? How do we deal with that on a day-to-day basis when um, perhaps we're having our own mental health problems? You just have to ignore it as much as you can. Because there are some people that are just not going to change. Yeah, You're still going to have to deal with them in society. Just ignore it. And yeah. walk away from and it. And block and, those that you yeah. can block, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it boils down to, really. It's not... It, it doesn't take a psychology degree to realize just to start treating people as you want to be treated and to be more polite and kind. And then if you have people that don't respect you or don't appreciate you at the level that you want them to, um, you can, you know, maybe like, like the article said, you, you might be able to say, Hey, you know, uh, when you say things like that, it makes me feel dishonored or disrespected. And, and then if you have continual perpetual problems with people because they can't modify or behave their behavior, uh, you know, kick them to the curb, yeah, kick them out. You know, you have to. Yeah. it's unfortunate. Well, I guess that's the thing is like, I guess a lot of people, like you said, they want to be incentivized. Why should I get right when no one else is getting right? Or why should I blah, 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 when nobody else is doing it? You know, and so that's the thing is how do we incentivize good behavior not just from scaring people with the Bible and hell and wrath and scorn and not just scaring people with prison and all these things. In other words, how do we get people to just want to do right and good in the world for no reason at all? Because there's no reward there. I think some people you can't. Maybe the reward is feeling good about yeah. yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and eliminating all that strife and toxicity from your life mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Now, what about people who say everything political is toxic? How do we stay as activists? And how do we fight for women's rights? And how do we fight for Black Lives Matter? How do we fight for all these things um, where people say, well, everything's toxic, therefore I'll bow out? I mean, Most you, people are stupid. <laughs> because, yeah, things like that aren't political. They're actual human issues. Those are human rights issues yeah. that have become politicized. Yeah. And if but a lot of people like to generalize and say that's all political. So where do we, where's the difference? I guess the point I'm making is that we want the world to fight for equality and fight for human rights. And we fight for better jobs and higher pay and better treatment and better standards. If everyone feels like they've been abused or tortured by bad people or bad behaviors, they tend to, you know, like, like a hurt dog. They, they, they run away and they become fearful of things rather than standing up. My, I guess my point is, is how do we get folks who feel sort of abused and neglected in our society to stand up for what's right and fight for activism and fight for progress when it comes to human rights? think it just takes making people understand those things because a lot of people don't they don't understand that there are things that they can do yeah even just talking to other people or joining groups or signing petitions or yeah just little things like that oh yeah that's what i always say is 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 fight when you can fight rest and self-care when you have to self-care and pull away anytime something starts to become daunting or overwhelming or toxic. And mm-hmm. that includes politics. That includes people. That even includes your job sometimes. 
you know, like when you get home and you've, you, like yesterday, you got home, you had, you had checked for six hours and you were just so done peopling. And so what did I do? I let you be quiet the whole night. I didn't mm-hmm. talk your full head off. In other words, I was being aware and sensitive to your needs so that you could self-care and feel right. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the, my point is that we can't fight for a better culture if everyone who's in our culture bows out because they've been mishandled or mistreated. In other words, yeah. we all have to find the time to, 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 to fight when it's time to fight and know when it's time to punch out and self-care and live a life and be happy. And, you know, it, because I think a lot of the right wingers these days, I think what they're doing is they're, they're so wrapped up in the culture war that they forget to live their lives. <laughs> so yeah, they do. how do we just live our lives without constantly being a part of the he said, she said machine or the political machine or whatever? You just have to know when to turn it off, yeah, and when right. to when it doesn't matter. I mean, when it because it, it always matters, right, but when right. it's not appropriate or not helping you or yeah, yeah, being good for you. I've always said like if something's not serving you right now, turn it off. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, very good, babe. And sorry to keep pressing you, but I just I want folks to understand that we have to fight, but there's a time and place to fight. Yeah. And there's a time and place to recover, and there's a time and place to rest, and there's a time and place to exert. And that includes your fitness, and that includes your politics, that includes activism, and that includes um, people working towards a goal, whether it be you know a college degree or a trade school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a time to exert and a time to um, you know recover. And yeah. I think people need to learn that ebb and flow, don't yeah, you think? definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, baby. Welcome. Woo! <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's it's you know, and that's the thing is I know these are serious subjects, but we're I'm trying to tackle these in a fun way where we can really start helping each other understand things and understand how to live a life in our culture that's just sort of getting a little weird, getting a little cattywampus, you know. That it is. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, babe. Sure. Are you you looking tired? Did I did I tire you out this time? Did I poop you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you just got off yesterday and you had, didn't have a day to recover. Well, now you got the rest of your time to recover. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, hon. I I really sincerely appreciate your insight. It's really helpful. Welcome. So thanks, you guys. Uh, so yeah, that's what we got. Um, if you want to help us out, come on over, please. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I've got six, six people, only six. <laughs> I need people to um, start subscribing to it so people understand that, hey, a lot of good stuff is on its way. We're talking paranormal reviews, paranormal roulette, uh, movie reviews, and all that good stuff. And then uh, also... Uh, today my backdrop came so i can finally start filming i can start filming my chef prize food for thought podcast and youtube show so it'll be a lot of fun and uh really we're trying to really make a difference in people's lives but in a way where we're also looking out for our own mental health we're looking out for our own self-care because yeah at the end of the day when you put yourself out there too much especially for us introverts and us uh, people who are just trying to get through regular life yeah it gets frustrating you have to learn to pull away sometimes and you know that's what i'm saying is it's never ever in your um interest to not help yourself when you need to you have to learn when to identify how to be um 
good to yourself and not just good to others, but always, always, um, you know, put on your own oxygen mask uh, before you start putting on the mask of others. (laughs) Anyways, thank you, Hunt, and thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.